nice. Nice. Did you? What did you think of the Pats? Uh, I didn't watch. I watched the first two quarters. I mean, Hoyer coming out like that is pretty good. Hoyer was solid. Tyquan Thornton, big fan. Speed. Big fan. Speed, Dude. baby. Speed. Next level fast. Unbelievable. I was in on that. I was a big fan of Wilson, at linebacker. Guy we got from the Browns. He oh, balled yeah, out. Yeah. He played He played pretty well. I was I was really happy with him. So Anthony Jennings looked good. Um, yeah, we had, some, we had some dudes out there. Terrence Mitchell looks like our clear other corner opposite Jalen yep. Mills. Very yep. solid. Very solid. I like the Pierre Strong kid. Like our running back group is very yes. solid. Very solid. Very solid. So I'm, I'm about it. Yeah. And then obviously a night to honor James White. That's always nice to see. Oh, just the consummate gentleman. My man, just the best, just the best. Anybody that doesn't, everybody should know James White. Yeah. Just, just, just such a nice dude. So humble. And a dude, did you read the stat? He has not fumbled. Not one lost fumble in his career. Really? Was it eight years, nine years, eight or nine year career? Not one lost fumble. That's foolish. It's foolish. That's. That's, I mean, that's why Belichick, you get the words of praise from Belichick. If you don't drop the football, that, that man will do anything for you. You, you are his God. But hey, what are you, you going to do? Will Zalatoris finally notches his first win. We'll wrap up the FedEx Cup and all of the standings and hoopla going into this week for the BMW. And then we're going to talk about how to do basic programming for golf and what that looks like for you. I'm Dr. Jackson Taylor, joined by Dr. Tim Ravoto. And- Welcome to the Golf Strong Project, everybody. Welcome, welcome. So, he got big, big, big night of golf. Big, big night of Big Uno. Dude, I loved, I loved seeing it. Loved seeing it. He deserves it. Well, I hate this. Deserves the wrong word. He earned it. He earned it. He earned it. He's been very, very, very close all year. And it's just Eight nice top to tens. see him. Yeah. And how many Eight top tens? Probably uh, five four, second place finishes. Four, is it four or five? So the two playoffs. So he had the, um, I think I wrote it down, the Farmers. He had the PGA yep. with JT, where JT hit that foolish shot. Yeah, nothing you can do there. Nothing you can do there. He had those. He almost forced a playoff at the Open. Yep. So yep, right the US Open. US Open, But yep. yeah, just unbelievable. So good to see him win. But like... So Thursday, one over, not, not in a good spot. Like he no. was in some trouble day one. And then just comes out of nowhere. I was reading something uh, on Golf Week, and the dude was saying that his chick, like his fiance texted him and was like, hey, so, uh, you know, if you don't make it, like what are you going to – what do we want to do this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and he uh, was like, uh, uh, nothing. I make Nothing. <laughs> Cause I'm going to go win and make this two and a half mil. I think it's what it was. It was like 2.4, 2.5 for yeah. that win. Yeah. Yeah. And he's number one in the FedEx cup points now. So, but yeah, th- here's, here's he what we have to that, talk about. He can put that vacay on hold. Yeah. So new caddy, Joel stock. Like yep. apparently he didn't let him read putts on Thursday, but then he kind of slowly let him start doing that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but like he just bounced on his caddy at the Wyndham. Yeah. I know. New guy comes in, just... dub. 
yeah, it's been his only caddy too. So to like to ditch your first caddy, that's always kind of a big step because that's who you made it to the made it to the big leagues with and all that. So I mean, obviously, obviously something wasn't working and he needed a change. Uh, I think I don't know, man, but he he balled. He balled yeah, out. I'd he, like to think that his old caddy was like, you know, good for you, man. I'm happy for you. But then a part of me's like the guys like sitting at home, like pounding beers, like this mother. I can't believe right. he's getting you know, a dub. Like he just you know won he two and a half mil. Yeah, yep. of course, for sure. He was doing 10% of two and a half mil. Oh, man, I missed out. Man, that's a lot of cash right there for a couple of days work. But nonetheless, he balled out. The playoff was wild. First of all, Straka hasn't made a cut in like eight events or something comes out of left field had a chance to win it he missed like a 22 foot birdie to seal it missed that and then had to make like an eight foot putt coming back just to keep it there right and he's one that's been he's been playing well on the dp world tour he just hasn't quite like hasn't quite broken the mold on uh pga tour yet and i think this weekend he really did he he put it together. They both, I think they both demonstrated two things that everyone can benefit from, especially like young golfers. The resiliency, right? So Will went out and didn't play well Thursday, but then bounced back, played well Friday, and then obviously through the weekend. Straka kind of did the same Sunday. thing. Yeah, yeah, 400 on Sunday. Straka kind of did the same thing. He started out a little quicker, but he was kind of middling around the middle of the pack, and then Friday, Saturday really came alive. Um, and that's why four days of golf is so fun to watch exactly even if you're not quite in it you can always i mean people go crazy some days like they just end up going super low and they're back in the tournament yeah i mean there's always name names are always shuffling that's why it was always fun you know even back when you know tiger was just like hey all i gotta do is make the cut i make the cut and i'm i'm close like i'm i'm not like 12 strokes back i can win this tournament and I think oh. everyone feels that way now. Yeah. And you always, I mean, leads are tough, right? Anytime you get down any amount, sorry, I'm going to have to get up in a second to turn these lights back on. But um, anytime you have a lead or a down, like it feels insurmountable. But if you look like a four shot lead is really two, two strokes, right? Because if I birdie you bogey twice, that's, that's the lead. It's over. I think more, more, more guys are realizing that and they're getting after it and they're just staying, staying with it. I mean, Zalatoris's energy. I think that's the second thing we can learn from. Like his energy was awesome. Hype. Just making pots going, riling the crowd up. Like he was getting himself going and keeping himself going. That's what you need. Golf, golf has to go that direction. I know people might not like that, but that's what gets people fired up to watch golf. Yeah. Like that playoff gets people like, hey, you know, screw live golf if that's how you feel. This is exciting golf. Like oh, these guys are going at it right now. And, oh, yeah. Okay. Actually, we need to talk about that because so they go to the playoff for anybody that maybe didn't catch the end. They play 18 twice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even it out. The second time they go through 18, what's his face? <laughs> Tim is running around. I had to do a lap. <laughs> I had to do a lap to get the lights to turn on. It looked fine. It did fine. Second time they go through 18, Zalatoris hits a bomb, but he hits it into the gallery and it's on the fence. And for a second, it looked like he wasn't even going to be able to put a club on it. So he just poked that out, took the shot. Meanwhile, Straka put it a foot from the water, 
maybe two feet from the water. Like it bounced and you're like, oh. So he ended up actually taking a drop because Zalatoris couldn't actually get to the green. So they ended up taking a drop on 18. They both end up, I think they both bogeyed that hole. They go to 11, which is a merciless hole. Merciless hole. Just brutal. And so Zalatoris has the honors and he puts it like on the surrounding brick after it bounced four times. That, how crazy, that was like watching Plinko live on a golf course. I have no idea how that ball. It went left, right, up, forward, back, and then landed somehow right there. Well, and that was the funny thing. Well, so anyways, he goes there, Straka comes up and puts it in the water. So he ends up going to the drop zone and then overshoots the green right into the bunker. So Zalatoris was the first to admit, he's like, I can't make contact with this ball. If I hit it, it's going to go in the water, bounce off. It was, it was absolutely nuts. So they both end up taking drops. To me, what was crazy is they both, that pin was mean. Like far yeah. right-hand side, close to the water as it can get. And both of them kind of went after it. Yeah. Maybe it was on accident, but it kind of <sighs> gave me like the Cam Smith vibes from playing 17 at yes. TPC where he just like went for it. And he just so happened to get lucky and be that talented that it landed. But gosh, like put it on the green. I know. The thing is, the thing is I think. It's tough though. For the, the guy that goes first. It's all about what he does, right? And I think the fact that Zalatoris right. went for it, then Straka was yeah. like, okay, well, if, if he trusts his number and he's potentially safe there, whether he takes an unplayable or not, who knows? Like, I guess I kind of have to go close. for it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, yeah. If, you, if you remember that video a couple weeks ago, who was it? Um, was it uh, Scheffler doing the yardages? Like, he was calling out yeah. yardages. And his coach was reading him off the track, man. And he was like within a yard. These guys know their distances very well. Yeah, that was scary, by the way. Anyone who hasn't seen that video, was it, was it a Titleist or TaylorMade? TaylorMade, yeah, TaylorMade. TaylorMade. He's like, eh, 231. 231.5. Yeah, yeah 198. Oh, 198.2. You're like, what? It's just ridiculous. It's outlandish. But anyways, I digress. But so, I mean, you know, Will took his drop and then Stuck it. Yeah. Stuck it. What was he, eight feet? Yeah. And then made the putt. I mean, that's what you have to do. 100 yards out, you have to get up and down, and they do it. He did it. And then that putt was beautiful. Just calm, collected. Bam. Arms go up in the air. Fiance celebrates. The world's like, dude, you're a stud. And now the official leader of FedEx Cup playoffs. Yeah. For the playoffs at the moment. So, I don't know. I had to check to see kind of what the revised leaderboard was. Um, but he is number one at this moment, I believe. Yeah, they back. And then I think well, Scotty's, to... Scotty's two. Okay. They, the Cam thing is they backload these tournaments. So, like, the yeah. you get a ton of points for these, these next three tournaments. That was huge. Huge, huge, huge money for those. But, yeah, he's he's the leader in the clubhouse now in terms of – points i gotta pull up the current points while you do that i like i could watch a day like this any i didn't watch yesterday because i was on the golf course but i watched uh, some highlights at night looking at the top 10 on sunday shot 67 66 66 67 like 
Everyone's oh, yeah. two or three under. The yeah. Trey Molinax dropped two strokes and he shot even par. That was like no one yeah. blew up and fell off the face of the earth. No. Okay, so right now you've got Will, who was 12 last week. He's now up to one at 3680. Scotty's at 3556. Cam Smith's still at third because they doxed him those two strokes. Yeah, what happened there? Saturday. I didn't get the whole story about it, but he just had a bad drop. And Uh, they doxed him two points for it, or two strokes for it. So he's still sitting at three. Sammy Burns is at four. Um, Tony Finau, five. And tell you what, Tony's dangerous right now. He's he's playing very good golf. Shoffley's at six. Cantlay, seven. Can we talk about Patrick Cantlay? Everyone's basically like written him off this year. The dude is still right there in the top 10. Like he's still, yeah. if he just goes crazy the next two weeks. Oh yeah. He can totally back go to back bangers. The thing is his putter can get hot. So if his putter gets hot, he's it's over. Like you with his Nasty. ball striking, it's, it's over. Dude, Straka bumped to eight. He was 36. He bumped to eight. Rory dropped three spots. Justin Thomas dropped two spots. Sing JM, he dropped a spot. Fitzpatrick dropped or went up two spots. Kim Young played well, but he he killed me a little bit last week. He dropped four spots. Rom, dude, I is it crazy that Rom's playing? Like you just had a baby, homie. Literally just had another baby. Can't believe that. Just you just had a children. <laughs> but he's God got the stat. He's got the yeah, staff. He's like, his wife must just want like a family, and she's just like, yeah, I'll just keep popping out kids, whatever. Go win, go win the uh, tournaments, and get make the money, and uh, I'll just take care of the kids. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of the quick stories, you know, things to catch up on. Lucas Glover was like 121st. Dude bumped up to somewhere in the top 40. Yeah, he's like 30, 35 or something. Like he balled out, balled. Yeah, dude out and he was in the top there too he had like a bogey on 17 or 18 that dumped him back but he was awfully close he was i think fratelli moved up like 25 or 28 spots too he moved he moved way up yeah mullinax was close yep but he got in we were just talking about adam scott before we got on here with just just putting out of his mind yeah, if he that's the thing. He hits the ball so well. His swing is one of my favorite to watch. Like everyone talks Rory. Wow. Adam Scott is a fantastic golf swing. It's just yeah. like so fluid and effortless. And then if when he figures out the putter, you just can't beat him. Uh, for sure. Absolutely. No questions asked. So now we've got the BMW coming up this week. Uh heading up to Wilmington, which is it's gonna be fun. It will be. I don't know. Um, I don't know much about this course, so I don't know really anything about this course. We'll have to see. I, I'm still. I'm a northern, not Northern Trust Deutsche Bank Classic TPC Norton. I'm like waiting for them to come the Labor Day weekend to TPC Norton. But come to Wilmington Country Club. Interesting. All right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know a whole lot about it. I don't even know what do we have for distance. So. All they're telling me is it has a rich history. Shocking. Shocking. 1901. Flip it. Be their first professional event. How about that? Yeah, I was going to say, I've never heard of this place. So I... First professional event. Um, oh, that's kind of wild. 
So then Nicholas is calling it the King and the Bear, which is actually the golf course that's up here in Ponte Vedra. Um, huh. Interesting. Is it, a, is it a Nicholas course? It is a, after Joan finished the course. Yeah, Jones. Trent Jones. Yeah, okay. Interesting. All right. This look, I'll tell you, the cover shot looks fantastic. Oh, it looks beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Not that I've seen many courses that the PGA plays that are ugly. That's true. But hey, what are you going to do? So moral of the story, good for Zalatoris. Glad he got a dub. It was, it was very solid. Very solid. Yeah. And time to watch more good golf. Because I think there's, like, if we've seen anything with Corn Ferry Tour and, and anything this summer, when the pressure's on, these guys play so good. It's unbelievable. Like, I have no idea. I have no idea how they do it. All right. So here's the real question. We're going to lay up or hit bombs. Will Zalatoris finishes in the top two? Ooh. Top two. I'm going to say lay up. Oh. I know. Oh, okay. He seems All like right. a guy who can ride a hot streak too. Like last summer with the Masters and everything, he rode a, like a month long hot streak. So he could do it. Oh, okay. All right. I li- I'm, listen. What about you? What are you taking? Oh, hit bombs. I'm taking them all the way. Going. I like it. I like him. I like him finishing in the top two. Now, that second spot, who knows? But winning that first tournament, I think, is big. Yeah. I think that puts you in a good spot. I think he's feeling confident. This is a great time to feel confident because that's it. You know, golf can be streaky. You know, Scheffler was oh, just yeah. like bang, 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 bang. And then him and Rory missed the cut this weekend. Yeah. I know they were the favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rory and Scotty, I think, were one and one, two favorites. Just bad golf. So I like him right now. And I think that second spot is really up for grabs. I could see Finau. I can see Burnsy. Obviously, you could see Scheffler. Um, Shoffley could move his way. I mean, there's. There's opportunity. We just talked about Cantlay. I mean, I yeah. could see a couple of guys. I could see a couple of guys being there. So, who right now do you think is the dark horse to get to number one? Um, out of the top seventy here. Out of the top seventy, yeah, but probably. I mean, realistically, we're or probably like, looking out of the top fifteen. Right. Right. More realistically, no, yeah, we're like top more realistically, it's it's the top fifteen. So right now you've got Will at one, Scotty, Cam Smith, Sammy Burns, Tony Finau, Xander, Cantlay, Straka, Rory, and Thomas at one through ten. M. Fitzpatrick, Young, Rom, Matsuyama are up to fifteen. Homeless Beef, Hovland, Neiman, Morikawa to twenty. So we'll say top twenty. Top Even 20. Billy Horschel, twenty-two. I know he he's, and he's won before. He's a guy that I think he's got a little bit of the. Florida little dog in him, little dog yeah, in him. Florida yeah. dog in him. He'll, you put something yeah, on the I line, like he'll go get it. So how about that? How about someone who isn't Will Zalatoris out of the top twenty? Do you see making a way up there that people aren't picking right now? I mean, JT's been one that people are really disappointed with. I think he could put something together. Yeah. Hey, he's just you know, got to play two good tournaments. Yeah. Right. The thing is, he's got to come out hot early. Like he, he's been playing wow. really well on the weekend, but he's just too far behind the eight ball. Um, I'll tell you exactly who Ron is. Ron, yeah, Ron Rom's there. It. He's obviously hasn't Rom been playing great golf this year, but I mean, he's bad. I'm playing. I'm playing the guy who wants to take the guy that put my money on this weekend. The only guy who actually won me any money this weekend, Sammy 
Burns. Your boy. Nobody likes Sam Burns right now. Nobody likes Sammy Burns. So where do they where do they go after this? They go to Atlanta, right? Yeah, they go to East Lake. That's the final. Yeah, East Lake. So East Lake is interesting because that's like a you can bomb, but it's tight. I, I I could see if he's in position, Sammy Burns could win it in at East Lake. I could see it. Ooh, also this speaking of golf, the 18th hole this weekend. Evil. Yeah. Evil. Like narrow fairway. You miss left, water all the way down. Like you have yep. to just be straight. And you have to be early of those bunkers, like short of the bunkers. And we yep. saw Zalatoris go long past them and hit it into the gallery. Like out that hole just seemed evil to me. Like yep. I, when I saw him pull out driver, I'm like, oh, my stomach hurts. My stomach hurts. I just don't like this. And then Sepp ends up hitting a three wood and it looks like a beautiful shot. You're like, oh, that's nice. Look at that thing draw. Oh, that's going to look. Gosh, that's bad. Uh, yeah. Oh, dude, just just crazy. You know what that shot reminded me of? Remember when Thomas was on 18 at TPC? This was what two years ago. Yep. And he hits yep. he hit that like draw kind of coming down. And it's just yep. like it's like bouncing down the side, and all of us are just like oh. Yeah, you can see you see the wooden the wooden rafters right on the edge of the water uh, oh. on the edge of the water. You're like, oh no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bryson's just telling himself, like, I got this. I got yeah. this. I got this. It's like a 36-degree launch angle. Here we go. Got to roll. <laughs> Breathe. Right. Dude, just hyperventilating. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. We're excited about it. So, listen, in terms of bets, I had a tough weekend, okay? Zalatoris, Cam Young got him. Is what it is. I picked uh, Aaron Wise not to make the cut. Made, not only did he make the cut, he finished in, like, the top 15 or 20. But he my said, boy Sammy Burns, my boy Sammy Burns, he made it. That was a good, it's a good bid right there. But Tim, Tim got the last laugh being two out of three this weekend. I got two out of three. You got the longest odds though. I think the Sammy Burns people didn't like him, so he might have had the longest odds. Uh, my longest was Kim Young beating Zal Torres. I was like, yeah, plus, that was plus one hundred five. I think Sammy Burns was like minus one ten. Something okay. like that. So they don't have all the bets out yet for this week. So what Tim and I will do is on Wednesday, once we have our full betting scandal, we'll do most likely to, or we're going to do our pick for the top 30. We'll do another kind of head to head matchup and then we'll pick um, the cut line. So we'll do, we'll do cut head to head and then make the top 30 before East Lake. But I think that's a pretty good wrap up of, uh, of the week. Anything else to add to that? No, the other, the other thing was it was great watching the uh, women's amateur matches. I was watching a bunch of that mm-hmm. at night. It was out in Chambers Bay in uh, Washington. Yeah. We yeah. have a couple of clients over here that just missed making it. Um, but some of those girls were like the Japanese girl, Baba, that won it. She won it in the semifinals. I, I believe she won six and five. And in the finals, she won 11 and nine. I mean, that's absurd. Just absurd. Over a 36 goal match. Just balling out. Just balling out. So that was really fun to watch. They were like, they were all like 16, 17, just throwing darts. And children. Yeah, yeah. Just crazy. Just nasty. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I agree. It's fantastic. Also for anyone interested. Fancy dandy mugs. Move those fat fingers. There you go. Drink coffee, get strong, hit bombs. If you guys want one, we'll put a link in the description. You need you get you a, get you a proper drinking vessel. Absolutely. Start your day off. Your, and also, if you don't drink coffee, don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, you can go home.
leave, leave our 15 viewers. You don't deserve to be one. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So crux topic that we want to talk about today that we're outside of a little wrap up in Willie Zhao getting his dub. One of the questions that Tim and I get a lot is what are the general tenets of programming? you know, performance programming when it comes to golfers specifically, um, which is, to be fair, not a whole lot different than a lot of other sports, especially when you're looking at like the basic principles. Um, but there are some things that we look at that are a little bit different, which Tim and I have talked about a little bit before. But we want to talk about, you know, if I was going to set up a program for somebody or we were going to set up a program for somebody, what are the factors that we would put in there, right? Exercise is, is actually the last thing that we get to at all because that's more of a plug and play what happens is like our basic principles, right? That we like to see when it comes to programming. So, you know, Tim, say a guy comes into you, they say, hey, I'd like to get stronger. You know, what is a general template that you're going to pull from? Maybe not necessarily, we'll leave like the subjective part out, like this guy's 65 years old and yeah. has a bum hip, blah, blah, blah. Because there are, for anyone listening, everybody is a little different. Like I have some clients who are not gonna do a bunch of like heavy speed work with their club head. I have a lot of people that aren't going to do anything even with dumbbells or something. Like they might not be able to goblet squat well, or they can't lunge appropriate or not appropriately, but they can't do it well, or it bothers their knees or something. So they maybe get a different programming piece, right? So let's just talk about like general things that you're going to put into someone's program. If you were designing something that was, I'm not going to call it cookie cutter, but you know, what is the template that you would kind of look at? Yeah. So we use we're we use a lot of the just foundational six. So right. uh, some type of squat, some type of hip hinge, some type of upper body pushing, bench overhead press, some kind of pushing, some kind of pulling, and then we always do some kind of carries. That's pretty much like you could put any exercise. We might have someone do twelve exercises in a workout. All of them are going to fit somewhere in those six. Yeah. Uh, that's about as simple as it gets. I wish I could make that more complicated, but it's just not worthwhile. You know, it's the basically, and you can break that down a little bit further if you really wanted to, in terms of like horizontal row, vertical row, horizontal press, vertical press, you know, so you've got kind of that little area there. The only thing that I tend to add on, although any kind of weighted carry or sled work type stuff will get conditioning in, I will add another conditioning piece depending on the person. So um, yeah. I think it is important that we don't forget that. So when it comes to conditioning too, I'm going to leave this caveat here. If you were to look at like a, you know, graph, you know, and on the left side, you know, you were, or you were looking at like elite power athletes and then elite endurance athletes. They're at the complete edges. You say Bolt and the best marathoner in the world, right? They're on the two corners of the spectrum, right? Everybody essentially falls into the middle there where you need a little bit of conditioning and you need all of the strength components, right? So football players, rugby, soccer, et cetera. You know, obviously they're kind of in the middle there and they kind of push to one side, like soccer is going to push a little bit more to the, you know, longer term conditioning side. But nonetheless, that's an important factor. So a lot of golfers that I see leave that out, right? You know, they may be getting to the gym, they're doing their lower body work, their upper body work. Uh, and they may actually, to be honest, most people are leaving out carries all the time anyways. 
you know, just adding a single carry a week, like after one workout, do some suitcase carries. But as a general statement, the conditioning is usually left out or all they do is conditioning, elliptical, treadmill, on the bicycle, and there's no strength work. It's usually one versus the other, probably the latter more than the former. But that's an important thing for people to remember. So once you have those, you know, the big six, as Tim just said, it's easy from there. Just plug and play the exercises that hit those areas. So it's a squat day. Tim, what options are we putting in for a squat? Yeah, so we're throwing, I mean, I've got all the options behind me. We have dumbbells, so we can go goblet. We can hold it in one hand. We can hold it in one dumbbell in each hand. We can throw a barbell on someone's back here. We've got a a safety squat bar that's got a big shoulder pad. Um, We can do anything along those lines, really. Anything else? Air squat, air squat to a bench, leg press, heels elevated squats, wall sit, leg extensions, right? Although that is an accessory for some people, that might actually be a starting point as an addition to a, you know, air squat. Like, hey, we're going to squat to a bench and stand up. All right, cool. Right. And so when you think of like primary movements, like we would think of the squat, you know, Goblet squat tends to be the one I come with first most of the time because it's easy. I can have you sit to a chair. I also like the ability that it forces you to stay a little bit more upright. Definitely. You know, it's going to force people from that like downward posture they tend to get. Uh, I really love the goblet squat when I'm going in there, but you can plug and play. It depends on the person, right? Like I might do goblet squats real heavy, but it's probably going to benefit me more if I'm doing a heavier back squat or a front squat or hack squat like machines. Yeah. I hate the argument of like machines versus free weights. You're getting stronger no matter what, right? Like Correct. it's just, my job is not to make you a brilliant person with dumbbells or free weights, right? Like I have plenty of clients who just use machines. It's more comfortable. They feel safer doing it and they're getting the stimulus that they need. End of story. Yeah. Like Scott Morrison says, there's a thousand ways to wiggle a weight, right? As long as we're putting tension on your muscles and getting your muscles pulling on your bones, that's all, doing all the good stuff we want. Cool. Whatever. Love that quote. It's a phenomenal. First of all, Scott Morrison, shout out. You're a homie. And that is one of his best quotes. He's got a lot of good quotes, but that's definitely one of his better ones. I love it. Ah, Wiggling weights. Fantastic. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle with it. That that brings up a question for me as you you trumpet me out with your beatbox. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're doing conditioning with golfers, what what where do you that are we just talking are we talking throw someone on the treadmill for 30 minutes and let's have have them sweat it out what what is that no 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 i actually so it depends on the person because it depends on what they're doing so for instance i have a couple clients now they're huge cyclists so cycling is a like a big part of their life so two days a week at least they're getting like a 16 to 25 mile ride in so in terms of like they're I don't even want to call that low intensity steady state because they're motoring. You're talking like 18, 19 miles an hour, like they're cruising. So for them, from a conditioning piece, the only thing I'm adding for them is weighted carries, heavy sled work and or short sprint work, like anaerobic hard sprint work, because they've already got that steady state component in. So somebody that's more sedentary, they're actually going to start with a pretty good dose of like, 30 to 45 minutes of some kind of steady state during the week somewhere. And it might be one day, it might be two days. It really depends on kind of where they're at, especially based on like their resting heart rate, what their heart rate variability is. If I know what those numbers are, 
Um, but for me, I usually like to have a day of low intensity steady state, which again, for that just basically means low intensity. So you're not doing something, you're not exhausted. You know, it's probably 65, 70% of your max heart rate. And you're just kind of, you can have a conversation with somebody, you know, without too much difficulty. And then one day that is a heavier anaerobic day. And anaerobic just basically means they're not using as much oxygen to do what they're doing. So think of things like bike sprints, um, you know, sprinting as a general statement, loaded carries, uh, interval work, higher intensity interval work, having kind of both of those. And I usually spread them out, you know, usually it depends on the person, but I'll have them do their sprint work or their interval work earlier in the week and their low intensity steady states, almost like a recovery thing that I'll put towards like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, depending on the person, of course. Uh, but that's how I like to look at conditioning. Now that's gym conditioning. We're not even talking about like the base level of conditioning that a golfer technically needs is to be able to walk 18 holes without it affecting their game, practically speaking. Correct. Right. Which that's very important when it comes to playing golf health wise and performance wise. That's when we have to add the other conditioning pieces in. We all, I mean, we understand the fact that the more people that include conditioning into some form of their workouts, in addition to their weight training, you know, all cause mortality is way down, way, way down. Yep. It's like 40, 50% down. Like it's, it's a substantial amount versus people that leave the conditioning piece out too many people leave conditioning out or that's all they do. And that also just like anything else, you have to make it harder. Just like weights. Yes. If you're not going, if all you do is 20 minutes on the treadmill every day at the same speed, you're getting really you're good just, at that. You're getting great at maintaining and your yeah. body's getting phenomenal at not using any energy. Right. And I always uh, liken it too, like, so I'm a runner by trade and most runners, I don't know about cyclists, maybe they're similar. They kind of run like to redline themselves, right? You like to feel it. You like to feel the fact that your heart rate's beating, your heart's beating in your chest and you're sweating pretty hard. So a lot of times you're going too hard for those, like what should be a 30 minute, nice, easy, comfortable yeah. run. You might abuse yourself a little bit, go a little faster. Then you're just redlining. You're, you're making yourself more tired right? You're going to require a little more sleep probably and a little more time to recover. So we like a lot of that stuff, you can get it in your, in your week without running yourself through the ground. hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's something that we really should keep track of. Uh, you know, and today we have all these analytics, obviously Tim and I both have whoop bands that we wear. Um, and for anyone interested in those, you know, I would recommend it. Uh, is it perfect? Of course not. Nothing is. The Apple Watch isn't perfect. That's not perfect. What is it? The um, Aura well, Ring. Aura uh, Ring. You know, all of them are good, right? It, it, it is relatively accurate. There are some times where you're like, especially like if I'm doing, if I've done any kind of like, uh, like hammering into a wall or something, like that kind of quick motion, like this thing registers is like something's going crazy. And it's like your heart rate was 155. I'm like, what? Oh, it wasn't. Like, so sometimes little stuff like that happens and you're like, eh, it's a little bit off, but like how you're sleeping at night, how much strain your body's undergoing heart rate. So heart rate, resting heart rate and heart rate variability are two of the most important health parameters you can look at. Like we want to see a heart rate variability that's elevated, which is just basically the time between your beats of your heart. And then what is your resting heart rate? You know, if your resting heart rates at like 75, we've got some questions. Yeah. It's high. Right. 
It's high, right? So those are two things that we'd like to look at. And, you know, the whoop band does do a good job of that uh, from a conditioning perspective. And you never have to take it off. You can charge it on your wrist, which I think is a nice, that's a nice perk to me, you know, and it takes no time to charge and it charges, it's, you know, good for six or seven days. Um, I really like that. Again, there are days that I've like maxed out or I've like shocked myself and like lifted really heavy and I've recovered at like 40% or 30% or 20% or something foolish where, you know, sometimes what it says doesn't mean that you feel like crap. It's just taking a bunch of numbers and putting them together. So I don't, some people I don't recommend it to if they're like over analytical. Absolutely. But it, it can help definitely to get it just a baseline. I know whether, whether it's a Fitbit, a Garmin, whatever, um, Something. similar to what we, when we talked about nutrition a couple months ago, like, just start by re- taking some notes and getting some data. Like with this stuff, just go for a 20-minute walk and see what your heart rate does. Does it go up to 85? Does it stay like pretty level? Then you know how, how you react, and someone like us can, can help you build, build something around that. I agree with that. I agree with that. Do you have – so one of the things that we get a lot when it comes to programming is what do I do for a hinge? Because a lot of people – you know, the word deadlift to them is like, oh, I don't want to deadlift. It's going to hurt my back, which for everyone listening, no, it won't. Yes, correct. One of the best things you can do for your back is deadlift. Call it a pickup because all you're doing is picking stuff up. It's no different than picking a kid up off the ground, picking a box up off the ground. That's all that a deadlift is, right? So let's, let's get that out of the way first. However, teaching the deadlift is not an easy thing. Right. There are there are nuances to being able to get into a good position. Where are your shoulders? Where is your butt? Where's the line of the bar coming up under your armpit? Like a lot of people are too far out or they try to squat it and then the bar has to go around the knee that we don't care for. Personally. I'm mostly for 95 percent of my clients program RDLs, Romanian deadlifts, which basically just means that you start with dumbbells from the top or a barbell from the top and then you hinge down um, because I think it's easier to teach. However, I'll also include things like single leg bridges, right? Mm -hmm. Although that is not a deadlift, that is still creating some of the effect that I want by getting into your posterior chain, which basically just means calves, hamstrings, glutes, step ups. I will use a plenty of step ups and then I'll add upper or back things specifically, you know, back extensions, any kind of rotational work, something that does load your spine, which we need to do. Fun fact of the day. Like we can't avoid bending over, but how do you approach that with people? Yeah, no. So the first thing I do is call either call it hinge or I tell them to get into golf posture because then they'll do it. It's like, okay, now. And then once they get there, I'm like, yeah, now you're in a deadlift. And they're like, oh, okay, that's not that bad. Like, yeah, you do, you do this, right. You do this 55 times around every time you hit an iron shot or whatever. Um, Mind your wedges. Yeah. Are you putter? Like if you're Michelle, Wee, you're, you're in a full deadlift. You're, you're 90 degrees bent over. You are hinged. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's number one. And usually that helps just get the icky feeling of like doing deadlifts and thinking like strongman and people exploding, their spines exploding and stuff. Because um, that never which happens. Which isn't a thing. Not a thing. While we're sure. on it. Not, never not a thing. However, I think people should understand that you have choices. Mm-hmm. Right. Like your input matters. If someone's terrified of picking something up, because maybe in the past they've bent over and something happened. They tweaked something. They had some kind of strain or they had you know, some kind of sciatica symptoms or whatever it ends up being. If they're fearful of that movement, we have to slowly 
put that back in. So if you're someone who's terrified of bending over, I'm not telling you that you should, you know, not be afraid technically to do that. I don't want you to be afraid, but I understand that you're avoidant of wanting to bend over and do a deadlift, right? The other one that we get a lot is I can't press overhead or I can't chest press. If you avoid it for the rest of your life, at some point you're eventually going to have to lift your arms up overhead. Right. So especially I'm not, we're not asking, especially in golf, like we're not asking you like, Oh, you know, I hurt my shoulder. I shouldn't bench press, but you should push. You should press, right? People yeah. have to get out of this mindset that we have to avoid certain parts of this, unless there's something like really sinister going on. Like, Hey, every time that I press, I can't feel my hand. Okay. Yeah. There's something a little more sinister going on that we need to address movements that you are afraid of you should do as much as you can to the point where you're not getting symptoms. hundred percent. Yeah. We have, we have one guy in here that does, um, he just knows from, he's been lifting for over 15, 20 years. He's like 60. He's like, yeah, when I, if I go to end range, like bench bar to chest, my right shoulder blows up for five days and it's not worth it. All right, cool. But we do floor presses. We lay on, lay on the ground yeah. so it kind of limits his range of motion and he uses some dumbbells. Mm -hmm. We do cable mm -hmm. presses with the with bands or the, the cable machine in here. Like, it doesn't Squeeze mean we presses. don't press. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. he knows. Like, I remember the first time I programmed for him, he was like, uh, we're not doing barbell bench. It's like, oh, why? It's like, yeah, my shoulder's going to blow up for a week. I'm not going to be able to do anything. It's going to suck. All right. Well, what other options do we have? And roll with it. Throw a pad on the chest. Board press. Yeah. yeah. Or to your point, floor press. I mean, plenty, 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 plenty of options. So anyone listening to this, if you've made an excuse why you can't do something, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. There is a way stay. we can modify. Always, Sorry. always a way. Always a way. But anyways, in terms of basic programming concepts, you should be doing some kind of squat. Some kind of hinge. Definitely. Okay. Some kind of push. Some kind of pull. Some kind of press some kind of carry, right? One of the things we also always get asked is, well, where's the word core in all of that? Mm. That's not a category in and of itself. And I don't think it is a category in and of itself because the squat and the deadlift are the two biggest things from an EMG perspective that make your core work, right? Now, right. that doesn't mean we're not going to add things, but guess what? A suitcase carry? Whew. It's going to work core. your core, yeah. Sled Big push. Time. You have to remember that like your core, its job is to transmit force, to, to keep stable while something, you know, force goes from your hands to your legs or vice versa. That's why when we talk about golfers and ground reaction force, when you push into the ground, your core has to be able to take the force that you generated up through your body to your arms to the club head, right? So if this isn't exactly the strongest part of your body, which tends to just be the fact that you're weak, there's going to be a loss of energy. It's going to squeak out. Right. But right. I program core stuff, but it's it depends on the person. Like we'll do curl ups. I like hollow holds. I like ab wheel rollouts, you know, anti-rotation press, chops, lifts. Some of my favorite core movements that aren't death by a thousand sit ups. Absolutely. And I tend to use core similar to how you just said you um, like to teach the deadlift, like. I'll throw things if I see in someone's deadlift that one, something is lacking or they're having trouble with a particular aspect of the movement, throw something in there 
that kind of get gets the core. But more more importantly, we're, I'm just trying to get certain muscles working a little bit more effectively or just helping more. I mean, that's that's really where the core fits in. I think core core, like you said, is just transmitting force. We just don't want to leak force out of out of your core when you're transitioning from you know downswing leg push to arms coming through impact. Right. Don't lose any. Which power. to me, to me, it tends to be that's there's a component of mobility there. There's also just mm-hmm. a component of your general strength. Like my my clients that can squat well, like they can they can hold like a heavy goblet. They can yeah. back squat. I have no concern that they can transmit force at all. Totally, totally. No no concern. You know, people that are a little bit. I don't want to say lower level than that, but like they're still just air squatting or we're just on the leg press. I might add a little bit more core stuff in than yeah. I might normally just because, you know, that's an area and that's not getting as much love, you know, on a machine versus if I'm doing something separate. Yeah. And anyone even that's like that's lifted weights for years, they know like if you get a really if you're going for a max effort squat, you get a ton of weight on the bar you feel kind of wobbly and wonky, right? Like, right right when you kind of get under it, you're like, ooh, I got to really, you really have to batten down the hatches and work on that control. Mm-hmm. So if you think you're oh, just yeah. starting out, you're not, you're just not used to it yet. You got to used to yeah. get used to feeling how it feels to have some extra weight in your hands. Right, right. But people don't need to feel, I mean, that's the thing you always get is I need to get my core stronger. My core has to be stronger. Yeah. My core is not strong enough. My back hurts because my core is not stronger. Completely false statement. Get that out of your head. You're hitting your core by doing all of the other movements. End of story. Like you are hitting all of those things strictly by doing the squats, the hinges, the lunges. You know, all of those things are still creating core work. Now, I still like to do rotational movements, chops, lifts, anti-rotation presses. I think those are brilliant because we're building, you know, rotational components to your strength. That's, That's a wonderful thing. But we don't necessarily have to be doing a bunch of sit-ups. I do like doing curl-ups for people. They're just trying to get used to what it feels like to actually move. You know, sure. I love planks. I like side planks. I like side plank taps. You know, all of those things are there. But guess what? They're always accessories. They're not prime yeah. movements. That's why we don't put them in our big six. Because they're ancillary to the main things that we want to get better at, a.k.a. how strong are your legs? Because that's one of our best predictors of you hitting the ball well. Yeah, 100%. No, I, I think that's a, uh, that is a great, great point. I don't have anything to add. It's just great. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. It's terrific. It's really, it's really, it's really great. It's the best. Man. No one's better. No one's better. <laughs> uh. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's fine. I think that's a good place to wrap up. That gives people too. everything they need. If you're going to write your own program, which I don't necessarily recommend, but if you feel like that's something you want to do, those six components just have to be in there. Split that into two or three days across a week. You know, have a, you know, on your squat day, that might just be a squat day and maybe an overhead press day. And then on your hinge day, that can be a hinge and vertical press day. Or I I like to do hinge and row days personally, because you're getting mostly posterior chain or a lot of posterior chain. Um, But just split those up into two days. And then at the very end, add a some kind of weighted carry, farmer's carry, suitcase carry, or a sled. And then two other days a week, low intensity steady state conditioning and a anaerobic day or a you know a hit day, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Have a program, it'll work. 
I wish you the best of luck. That's it. Rinse and repeat. Rinse seems and repeat. boring. Seems boring. Seems not super sexy, but it works. Don't matter. It doesn't have to be sexy. You know what's sexy is when you do that for three months and it's really boring, and then all of a sudden you're just absolutely slapping the ball. Uh, sexy is me. I stepped up to the, uh, what was it? Is the eighth hole par five at Salem yesterday, and I absolutely pissed on a driver downwind, like 330. Got the speed slot. Oh. Yeah, oh. Oh, 330. 200 oh. into the green. I, pu- I pulled the five iron a little left, but I hit a, a five iron into the green that was pin high just off the green. Ah, that, that is what the boring work in the winter is for right there. Made you feel good, didn't it? Ah. And then on the next hole, into the water. No, never. Never. I'm not Will Z. Bounced around and stayed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bounced, but it went onto the green as opposed to not. Yeah, we're good. We're yeah, good. Yeah. You're, you're square. You're square. You're square. Anyways. All right, people. So Wednesday, we'll post up our bets because that's – that's going to be necessary. I'm going to have to make. I got to play a little catch up this week, so I'm going to have to look at my look at my unit spread here and see what we can do. Uh, otherwise, it's about it. Beautiful week ahead of us. Yeah. A little golf. A little this. Play a little some that. golf. Yeah. And that's it. You might as well golf. start. You might as well do it as much as you can. Run out of time. Yeah. Especially if you're up here in in Boston, get it in because it's beautiful now. We had a heat wave a couple weeks ago. A lot of people were not playing golf because it was too hot. Soon it's going to be that's too ins- cold. That's, that's foolish. It's just foolish. Yeah, crazy. I played all, all through it. Just sweat. Of course you did. That's all. Drink water and sweat. <laughs> that's all we do here. It's always, you're always hot. You just get, you're just like, all right, it's hot. Drink water. Yeah. I don't know why we can't adjust, but hey, maybe I just have to move to Florida. Come to the homeland, baby. Where the women instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. <laughs> Talking about a little place called Aspen. Aspen. <laughs> I don't know, Lloyd. French are assholes. <laughs> I think uh, we end on that. Oh, that's, that's definitely the end. It's definitely the end. All right. Well, if you guys need anything, let us know. Comment below. Give us your bets. Let us know what you guys are thinking this week. Who's going to win the BMW? The Dark Horse? Who knows? Follow us on the socials for all of the nonsense that whatever we put up. And uh, see you all next week. See you. Peace.